Edward John Smith was a British naval officer at the helm of the Titanic. He unfortunately perished after he struck an iceberg during his voyage on April 14th and 15th of 1912. Many people felt that the Titanic was an unsinkable ship. It was reported that it could stay afloat as long as four of its 16 compartments were breached that had enough buoyancy to maintain being above water. Unfortunately for them, the iceberg had caused a long gash in the hull, and reports say that it affected at least five of the compartments. After examining the wreck later on, scientists discovered that the collision had produced a series of very thin gashes, as well as a fracturing and separation of seams in the adjacent hull plates that allowed the water in to flood the Titanic. And then when they retrieved ship parts, as well as look through the paperwork in the Builder archives, they found out that they used low-quality steel and weak rivets, and that may have contributed to the sinking. What does this story have to do with 2022, 2023, and the pandemic, and our financial incoming collapse? Sit back, grab yourself a cup of coffee, or whatever it is that you're into. You're listening to America Emboldened with Greg Bolden on the America Out Loud Network. America Emboldened. Greg, I feel emboldened. You don't know the founding fathers. You don't know what they did. You don't know what they sacrificed. We have lost touch with the principles in the Constitution. Nobody's read the Declaration of Independence. You are voting for socialism, and you got what you voted for. Welcome, bold Americans, to another episode of America Emboldened. That voice that you heard in the opening, that long voice, was the late Michael Bednarik. He recorded his final interview with me back in July and passed away three weeks later from heart failure. I share his voice during this opening because he really summed up extremely well during that episode the troubles with the United States. He, he stated that we were like the Titanic that the Constitution had already hit its iceberg way back when progressivism came in in the 1920s. But I wanted to sit with this Titanic analogy some more, because I believe that Michael Benark had a wonderful way of telling us stories so we would understand the situation at play. We would better realize the examination of conscience, so to speak, of how to look at situations through a lens that's more of 2020 vision and less colored by our biases. And when looking at, let's start here, when looking at Dr. Fauci, when looking at Dr. Fauci and the CDC and the government's response to the pandemic, I can't help but imagine that the mRNA vaccine is the Titanic. It was the luxury liners, the vaccine to end all vaccines. It was the end-all, be-all, the most achieving crown moment of medicine. Operation Warp Speed. They put this thing into an algorithm in a computer, and within minutes, the computer spit it back out and said, this is the treatment, this is the vaccine to stop the coronavirus dead in its track. They built an unsinkable ship 
And when they said it to us, they said, you know, this should mostly be unsinkable, right? Just like the Titanic was felt to be unsinkable as long as four of its 16 compartments weren't breached. The same thing with the vaccine, right? It would really take uh, some mutations and things to happen, but don't worry. We just plug them back into the machine and we can fix all of this. However, what if when we finally get into the paperwork, what if when we finally get into those builder archives, just like the Titanic, just like they discovered that it was likely low quality steel and weak rivets that all these people had been bragging about when Edward Smith was pioneering this vacation for over 2,200 souls. What if we too find out that the mRNA vaccine contributed to injuries, contributed to having lesser quality ingredients and parts than what we believe it to be today. And so I'm looking at it, Dr. Anthony Fauci, I'm looking at Neil deGrasse Tyson, who just recently went on to a podcast and tried to say that, oh no, this, this vaccine was working perfectly fine. The mRNA worked great. It was the mutations that caused the issue. Or to the individuals that I've had conversations with that say, we've heard Dr. McCullough, look, if, if you look at the amount of people who had been dying before, it's really not that much different. That is really just looking at the water and sailing along and missing the iceberg when it comes to the hull. And I don't want us missing that iceberg when it comes to the hull. I know some people may not believe that the vaccines are causing injuries. If that's the case, again, this is almost exhaustive, but I have to approach this as if this is the first time you're listening to my show. You can go back and listen to any of the vaccine injured people. And then there's people that go, well, that's a statistical anomaly, right? That's, that's not something that uh, we should be focused on. Well, it was a statistical anomaly when the Titanic hit the iceberg and collapsed quite literally allowing all the water in the people on board felt that they might be fine. They felt that everything was going to be okay. It took some time for them to realize water is pouring in. The ship is going to sink. And so as a result, we don't really know exactly how many people died. Uh, there's people that have investigated before there's estimated about 1,517 people died out of the 2,200 passengers and crew members. I teach this in my class because thanks to the great inventors such as Marconi, who I talked about a little bit yesterday about the father of wireless communications with Nikola Tesla, it was because of Marconi that we had a young man by the name of David Sarnoff. Now, David Sarnoff was listening to the communications. He heard the SOS call and was able to get authorities in order to go try to help save lives. The crew of the Titanic suffered the most casualties. They had about 700 fatalities. The third class of the ship, they uh, also suffered about 174 of 710 passengers survived, which meant the majority of the third class passengers lost their lives during that wreck. How many third class passengers need to be injured by a COVID vaccine? in order to have a conversation about it. How many people from the movie Anecdotals, how many people in other countries 
need to have muscle disorders, myocarditis, pericarditis, for us to say, let's talk about what quality is in the vaccines, what worth is in the vaccines. Is it not doing what it was intended to do now? Because Neil deGrasse Tyson, when he was on this podcast, he admitted, he said, well, you know, here's the thing. We didn't see the fact that this thing was going to mutate. Yes, we did. That, that's a revisionist history. We knew the entire time this thing was going to mutate. See, people should just be told the truth. Never before in history has there ever been a vaccine successfully put into place for a coronavirus. Never. Period. And guess what? There still has not been. Despite that, there are people that are taking their third, their fourth, their fifth shots. There's now uh, various information about how often you should be getting your jab. You know, I, I, I'm curious, are people getting the bivalent uh, shot at this point? You know, is, is that something that's happening? How do you feel about the fact that we're not seeing real world data showing that it's saving lives? Because now we're seeing as people are starting to get all these extra shots, they're the ones that are showing up in the hospitals. They're the ones that are dying, not the people that stayed away from the vaccine. See, the tide has turned. But is that the only Titanic situation here in this country? No, not at all. See, the Titanic is like this universal uh, lesson that we can continue to learn from in so many different ways. Let's continue on. Our finances, right? We had the Federal Reserve for years continue to give us negative interest, negative interest and in driving down our interest rates down to 3%. Something I never shared with my listeners, but you can find out if you Google my name. There's plenty of information out there. You know that I'm a teacher. What you may not know is I sold real estate for a decade. Uh, when I was selling real estate, I was successful. I was part of the Million Dollar Club. Uh, what that means is each year I was able to sell over a million dollars worth of homes. That does not mean I got filthy rich. I can explain that. You then get a split from your brokerage. If you're part of the Million Dollar Club after taxes, you're probably making somewhere between, depending on your split, $25,000 to $50,000. So it sounds really prestigious. It is because many realtors don't do that level of volume. But my point being is I don't want anybody to think, oh, he's part of, he's a millionaire. No, that's not what I said. I'm a regular guy. I teach high school. I just want to clear, clear that up in the air. But what I do know about is housing. I know about housing in an extremely uh, very good way. See, when I was 23 years old, I purchased my first home and I purchased my first home, not having a ton of money to my name. And I think that that's an important thing to point out because a lot of people state now that it's probably better to rent than it is to buy. I disagree with that statement wholeheartedly. If you're able and in a position that you can purchase something and own, you're creating some equity for your future. It's worth the sacrifice, but we'll get back to that in just a moment. When I purchased my first home, my interest rate was on an FHA loan. FHA loans can change each year for five years, and then they lock in. They're, they're stuck at the interest rate where it is. So if the market gets worse, right, and interest rates rise, you could eventually kind of get screwed on your interest rate. If things get better, you get a better interest rate. If things stay the same, you stay the same. But I, I had a pretty competitive, by the time it was all said and done, I think I was like 6.35%. I was in that home for about five years. I shared this story with the listeners 
because our interest rates have historically been around where they are right now. We're a little bit higher than where, where, where they should be, but they're right around probably where we have a stable market. We have competitive numbers for purchasing a home and all of that. But here's the problem, the Titanic. If we look back in 2008, as the interest rates uh, started getting lower, housing started going up and up, and there was this deregulation of the market where everybody could get a mortgage, right? They, they weren't putting people through the proper paperwork. They're rushing things through, get people a mortgage. And what happens is when we hit that recession of 2008, the, the housing bubble burst, people start defaulting places like uh, uh, Morgan Stanley, Wells Fargo, all these banks, they find themselves in a load of trouble because they've guaranteed all of these loans that people can't purchase. That was an iceberg the entire time that was straight ahead. I took advantage of that iceberg. I got a mortgage only making at that time about $25,000 a year for my primary income. And then I had some side hustles on the side that I was trying to make money off of, but I was able to get a small $100,000 townhome at the age of 23. Later on, Right before that crash, I was able to sell that townhome for a $60,000 profit, put that into a new home, and get a mortgage for about 4.5%. That was my second home, and I did extremely well in that home. I stayed in that home. After the 2008 bubble burst, I lost a little bit of value in the home, but eventually it came back. I sold that home, and I moved to where I am now. I used the equity each time in order to be able to purchase a nicer home, but at the same time, stay within my means. My interest rate right now is around 3%. That's an iceberg straight ahead. And I want to explain this to everybody on the opposite side of the break about why I believe what we've set up over the past really almost uh, 20 years of housing is a detriment coming very quick to, uh, it's the day of reckonings here. It's, it's right in front of us here in 2023. Now, I want my listeners to be able to protect themselves from some of the financial uncertainties that are about to happen. And you can do so. You, you, can, you can go on to americaemboldened.com. That's my website. And you can scroll down. You'll see that there's a section with affiliate links. And uh, we have a guy who's called Our Gold Guy. Now, Our Gold Guy, uh, he will help sell you precious metals. And when you go onto his website, you'll see my name there. You just click on it, let him know that I sent you. It's a family-owned business. He'll get in touch with you. You don't have to purchase anything. You can get some free advice on precious metals there. Just let them know that Greg Bolden sent you from the American Bolden Show. And they'll call you up. They'll see what they can do for you. If you go ahead and make a purchase, great. You're helping to protect yourself into the future. I own precious metals. I believe that my listening audience should too. While you're doing that, you can help also support the network at americaoutloud.com and help support all the great sponsors that we have. You hear me say it all the time. Genesis Fogger, H-O-C-L. I own one. It's a great product. And you can go to this website, www.genesisfogger.com backslash outloud and get a nice discount just for listening to the America Out Loud Network. They're going to give you a discount on that machine and I guarantee it will improve your health. You're going to love it. We'll be right back after the break. You're listening to America Emboldened with Greg Bolden on the America Out Loud Network. We know you love the versatility and portability of the Genesis Fogger, but sometimes you just want to set it and forget it. Well, we heard you. Introducing the UX4 HOCL Atomizer, 
This stationary unit quietly protects you and is perfect for smaller spaces. With over a quarter million units sold in Japan, it's now available in the United States. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud to see the UX4 in action and receive a 15% discount on either Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you're ready for anything. The spirit of American liberty and justice is woven into the soul of America Out Loud. We are the voice of a nation, the American nation that is. This is Malcolm Out Loud. I invite you back to AmericaOutloud.com where the fight for liberty and justice continues. America Out Loud Talk Radio. Trouble getting to sleep and staying asleep is infuriating. Your mind races, you toss and turn, and the harder you try, the harder it is to drift off. And today's fast-paced digital age makes it tougher. You're not alone. Poor sleep affects over 70% of us. The CDC even labeled insufficient sleep a public health epidemic. Advanced Nutrition Company, Healthy Cell, created REM sleep to help you quickly fall asleep, stay asleep, sleep deep, and wake refreshed. Unlike other supplements that don't work, REM sleep is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients, supporting all four stages of sleep using calming herbs, amino acids, and sleep hormone support. Over a thousand reviews with an average star rating of over 4.4 proves it works. Take back your sleep. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. Welcome back, Bold Americans. We were talking about how back in 2003 until now, the housing market has really exploded over the last 20 years. We had the recession of 2008, the housing bubble burst, but since then it's really recovered. If you looked at home prices throughout our country and likely in the neighborhoods nearby you, you've gained a ton of value in your home. That stated, we've had a ton of inflation as well. So if you were to sell your home right now, you're going to go buy somewhere else and it's going to cost you more money because you're going to buy a similar home or better home for a much larger cost. And the interest rates now are hanging around around 7%. And so it's also going to be very expensive on that monthly payment. As a result, I believe we've hit an iceberg. See, we felt that we made all of these changes back in 2008. We felt that we learned our lesson. We were going to have better regulation. And as a result of that better regulation, we were going to improve the housing market. The problem is, no one saw the fact that during a pandemic, our presidents, and I'm putting plural, presidents, Trump and Biden, decided to do economic stimulus relief money as this feel-good uh, measure that was going to drive up the cost of everything worldwide. We we're going to just completely pump trillions of dollars of money into the system. We were going to incentivize hospitals for treating COVID patients. We were going to incentivize businesses for doing mandates. And as we did so, billions of dollars came funneling through to say thank you for helping to purchase this visor product. Thank you for uh, staying indoors for the amount of time that you have. Thank you for shuttering your doors. And basically, that was what the government was doing. But 
the unintended consequences, they, they pumped the inflation so high that that's what we've been battling now for the past year. It's the reason why it's getting very difficult for people to go to the grocery store and buy what they would like to buy. Uh, sure, people are still purchasing. I just looked at the jobs report for Christmas. It looks like that the retail traffic there uh, did pretty well. It was grew 7% from 2022. However, retailers did not do as good because the cost and inflation of shipping cut into their bottom line. And so just because we saw an increase, do not let those numbers fool you. The iceberg has already been hit. We did not learn our lessons. Cars. Cars were being sold at 0% interest over the course of, uh, you know, 72 months or near 0%. I think it was 0.9% on most of these loans. People are about to default majorly on vehicles. You don't have to just take my word for it. There's plenty of people doing the research right now to tell you the economic pain is coming. And there's a story that's out today that you should pay attention to. Wells Fargo, who was once the number one player in the mortgage market. That's right. They're getting out of the housing market. They're stepping back from it. They're going to now offer home loans to existing bank customers and wealth management customers and borrowers in the minority communities. Yes, you heard that right. They've changed their entire focus. And as part of that, they're also going to close down their correspondent business that buys loans that are made by their third-party lenders. Uh, they're completely uh, starting to scale back their portfolios for asset sales. And they're going to have fresh rounds of layoffs in the mortgage department. That's all things that executives have acknowledged. Now, I'm still waiting to hear what Bank of America is going to do because Bank of America uh, had already stated that they imagine hundreds of thousands of jobs are going to start being lost by the end of January 2023. They made these comments as early as October of 2022. Again, the iceberg was hit when we started printing money out of thin air years ago. It got exasperated and the hole had the tear in it because at that point in time, we start printing this money from stimulus and all that goes through. But what if we look at the Federal Reserve and we say, maybe if we study the Titanic just a little bit more under scrutiny, maybe if just as they discovered that there was low quality steel and weak rivets, maybe we'll find out that this entire time we've had a manipulated fiat currency and people will start to accept that it was manipulated in such a way that has placed us and the world here. I've talked about the milkshake theory. We're seeing it play out in real time right now. We are seeing that our financial markets are not built the way that we thought they were built. We're seeing that Congress can just take an omnibus bill without reading it and add on $1.7 trillion in additional debt that we're going to have to eventually print up money in order to pay for. The... Titanic is going to take out a ton of people, but who is going to suffer greatly? Well, just like the Titanic, where the majority of the people that died were either the crew, look at all the people at Wells Fargo losing their jobs here, or the third class, which is really the poor and the middle class. So the poor and the middle class are going to suffer greatly as this ship goes down in economics. See, 
Michael Bednarik was a genius. What he said, you know, we can look at things through different stories and he would constantly use these to teach people. The Titanic can be adapted to so many different areas of what's going on in the world, right? We have completely botched this. The Pentagon has dropped the COVID-19 vaccine mandate for troops, which by the way, uh, somebody uh, a few days ago said that there was no such thing as mandates. The mandates don't exist. And I, <laughs> I had a visceral response to that, a visceral response, because I, I believe that at the end of the day, I believe everybody has good in them and people want to be good people. And I believe even this person, you know, it was a misunderstanding, I think, of what was typed uh, to me in a text message. But the point of the matter is this. I don't understand how people can deny that there were mandates when there were 8,400 troops that were released from the military. I don't understand how just in my state of Delaware, anyone can say there wasn't a mandate when over 3,500 healthcare workers lost their job in Delaware for failing to get the vaccine because it was mandated by the healthcare departments. People that did not even come into contact with patients, people that had office jobs that could have continued the work from home were mandated. People that made no sense for it. Like if you, if you were saying, okay, well, it's about the safety of others. Okay, that's fine. But this was not about the safety of others for some of these positions. To deny that there was a mandate, that's just, it's morally wrong. It's morally wrong to make this statement that people said of, you know, if, if you want to eat at a restaurant, go get vaccinated. That um, You had a choice in that matter. It's equally wrong morally and ethically wrong to say you have a choice not to work for that employer if they're going to mandate this. I remember a day, and it wasn't that many years ago, maybe four years ago. I remember a day where four years ago, your health was your most private thing that you could keep from your employer. Your employer had no right to know what your individual diagnosis was. You could be suffering with something terminal and you had nothing in your contract to tell them that you had a terminal illness. You could have worked up to your last day before you died and you would have been perfectly fine, well, and good. You could have taken all those sick days and accrued them and eventually just died and you would have been fine, well, and good because you had rights to privacy in healthcare. And at some point, the iceberg came along and all of these documents that we signed talking about what can and cannot be shared, that seems to have just gone out the window with COVID. COVID was the iceberg that hit the hull. And all of a sudden, if you get COVID, you got to report it right away. If you're sick, you got to know, you know, well, what's going on? And even the people that were mild cases, right? We didn't have to know about mild cases, but still employers want to know, you know, well, don't come back to work for 14 days. Then it became 10 days. Then it became seven days. Then it became five days. And the truth of the matter is there's actually no science on any of that. Uh, you can you can try to f fact check me and debunk me on it. There's really no good science on how long somebody should stay out for COVID. Okay. The iceberg has been hit. There's no putting privacy back. The fact that so many people are okay with anyone knowing about your health information now, the fact that that should be an open book, how did we get in four years' time so far away 
where we were with privacy previously? Well, once again, let's look at the Titanic to figure this out. You know, where is the wreck of the Titanic? Well, the wreck of the Titanic is some 13,000 feet underwater. That's where we find ourselves. We used to be floating along in the sea of privacy, the sea of limited government. And then over the past 100 years, as technology has become more and more, we've started getting ourselves more into a surveillance state. After World War II, as technology and freedom uh, started to run in the 1960s, we saw people getting investigated for having uh, radical thoughts against the government. Uh, the FBI started really seeing more. By the 1980s, computers start coming out. By the 1990s, we had the internet and we start having more people connected where this web of information can all be. And then we start putting cameras everywhere, listening devices everywhere, and people just accept it, right? We start going further and further down into the water and we are completely sinking. Both the bow and the stern, which is the constitution, has sunk so far from being able to protect you with your amendment rights against privacy of search and seizure. There are so many things wrong. And that happened 2001 with the Patriot Act after September 11th. That was another titanic moment of sinking. Repeatedly, repeatedly, the same thing continues to happen. You have people that are arrogant. People that say, we built a perfect system. There's nothing wrong with it. It's going to continue to float. There's nothing wrong with people knowing about your healthcare choices. There's nothing wrong with people telling you you have to go get a mandate. If you don't like it, go find another job. Don't eat at this restaurant. You can lose your job. You can be out of work. You can just go die in the hospital because we don't want doctors to treat you because you refuse to get a vaccine. Yes, we are strong with hubris. We are strong with arrogance. But here's the truth of all of it. As we look at the stories that are coming out. When people are posting videos of people who have died suddenly, you can choose to be a skeptic of that, but you also have a choice. How arrogant do you want to be in your beliefs? Do you believe that the world's government powers that were desperate to get a mRNA vaccine out there in record time, do you believe that the world's powers that were desperate in order to fix the economy and caused rapid hyperinflation? It's not even hyperinflation. It's really just inflation. We haven't seen hyperinflation. But do you believe that all of them, do you believe that they really did everything exactly right? That you don't get speed, right? The operation warp speed didn't create issues in our economy, didn't create issues with mRNA, didn't create issues in the way people think. Or are you open-minded to say, all right, I understand there's other scientists out there. There's 16,000 scientists that have signed a document demanding that we start looking at other parts of evidence. Doctors that were silenced, doctors that were fired. There are people that have been talking about the Federal Reserve for years. People like Ron Paul, I'll just point that out there. Uh, people that have been called, uh, you know, hokey. <laughs> and crazy for the way he looked at things. You know what? Ron Paul looks like a prophet right now. Ron Paul looks like an absolute soothsayer that he was telling everybody exactly what was going to happen, and it happened. That is absolutely remarkable. I don't know about you guys, but I don't feel like riding on the Titanic. I don't feel like being a part of a ship of arrogance. 
I feel like finding my own freedom ship and really just sailing away with freedom-minded individuals, people that want to pull up from the wreckage, the constitution, dust it off and build it better, build it slower, make sure that it can stay afloat, make sure that we can do things the proper way. I'm not going to sit here and say that the vaccine is bad and is going to kill everybody. And I'm also not going to sit here and say that there's no way it's not killing people. And there's no way that it's not possibly one of the worst things we've ever developed. I'm not going to sit here and say the economy is not going to be great. We're going to get out of this because I look at our government. They're doing all the right things. They're, they're raising the interest rates. And I'm also not going to say that the economy is not going to get horrible and we're going to lose tons of jobs and people are going to have trouble putting food on their table pretty soon. I'm also not going to make carte blanche statements about all these other headlines that are out here that could be compared to it. I don't know if you got the lesson today, but it's about arrogance. The people that are arrogant oftentimes have pie on their face or they wind up dead in the ocean. I don't want anybody winding up dead in the ocean. We have a very large ocean and we can all float freely. Hope I honored your time well today, ladies and gentlemen. I'll be back tomorrow with an awesome episode with a great doctor, a doctor who's willing to speak out even at the risk of herself. And you're going to want to tune in for that one. You've been listening to America Emboldened with Greg Bolden on the America Out Loud Network. Be bold, America.